Hello, hello, and thank you all for listening to Real Talk Atlanta, your favorite podcast for real life, real scenario, and of course, all things real estate. We're your hosts, River Bonds, Ashley LeRae, Nika W., and Taisha Renee, and we're so glad to have you tuned in. So sit back, take notes, and let's talk. What's going on, everybody, and welcome to another amazing episode of Real Talk Atlanta. We're your hosts, River the Realtor. Taisha Renee, Mika W. And I'm Ashley LeBray. And guys, we are extremely excited today because we have an extremely special guest here today. Yes. She is literally everything. And if you don't know this lady, <laughs> you are about to find out today. She is Atlanta's premier real estate closing attorney who is continuously setting the bar with her top tier closing experience and just her platform in general. She is educating. She is using her knowledge and just her experience to teach and really put everybody up on game. She is a mom. She is a wife. She is a boss, an entrepreneur, a TV personality. I mean, we can go all day. We can go all day. Keep going. But yeah, we are really, really excited to have on today's episode of Real Talk Atlanta, Mrs. Tiffany Hall. Hello. Thank you, ladies. Um, super excited to be here. So I can't wait till we get, you know, into it. Yes. I know I gave you a little tidbit on who this is, but we want to give you the floor to just kind of tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Whatever you want to give us. All right. So again, my name is Tiffany Haas. You know, I've been in the real estate industry for 16 years. Like, wow. so, um, I've been doing this for a long time. Kind of got in accidentally. Didn't know anything about real estate, but ended up getting pregnant with my oldest son. And it kind of pushed my law school career, you know, to the back burner. And I sent my resume out to literally every law firm in Augusta, Georgia. And the one that called me back was a real estate attorney's office. And that was my introduction to the industry. And so I started off as a paralegal, went to law school at night. I had, what, two kids at that point, I think. I don't know. I can't remember. (laughs) But finished. And because I had all the experience in real estate working for the law firm, I opened up my firm immediately. And... That was the the start of my, you know, journey of being everyone's favorite closing attorney. I would say one of the biggest things that we kind of get, I have like clients who like try to take the cheap route, like where can we cut some costs? Mm-hmm. Right. Do we have to use a closing attorney? And I'm like, a lot of people don't understand, you know, what exactly the role and responsibility of a closing attorney kind of is. So one of the things we want to talk about today is, as a closing attorney, you know, what do you guys do at the Haas Law Firm for a real estate transaction? Well, so we do everything. <laughs> right. We are definitely the heart of the transaction. So in Georgia, having a closing attorney for your transaction, we are a necessary party. So you can't choose to have an attorney or not have an attorney. You have to, especially if the buyer is getting financing. Mm-hmm. So if a buyer is getting financing, we represent the lender. And in that transaction, what we are doing is we're making sure that the title is clear. So we're making sure that when we are selling the property from, you know, seller to buyer, that the buyer is getting a title with no um, issues on it and that the lender is in first lien position. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? That means if the buyer stops paying their mortgage, the lender wants to be able to foreclose. Okay. Mm -hmm. And in order to foreclose, they have to be in first lien position. So if a seller has a mortgage on their property, if they have liens on their property, those things have to be clear before the new buyer actually buys the property. Mm -hmm. And so that's really what our main job is. And then, of course, we're coordinating all of the terms of the contract. So whatever you guys negotiated, 
we have to make sure that that's on the, you know, the final numbers. I'm mm-hmm. mm-hmm. saying, what if they are financing all cash? And they're not using that lender. Um, so with what it is, is the necessary part of the closing attorney is the title insurance part. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so in order to be a title insurance agent here in Georgia, the requirement is certain requirements and you have to be an attorney. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so with giving title insurance, we are like an Allstate agent. When you think about Allstate agents, their insurance, they give you insurance. So if your house burns down, you know, that you'll be fine. I am also an insurance person. I am a title insurance person. And so in order for me to give a title insurance policy, I have to make sure title is clear. So when people are buying cash, of course, they also need title insurance. They need an owner's title policy. And so we have to be the ones that ensure that title and get that policy. So yes, for that, we are a necessary party in the transaction. There are some times that people want to just like deed over property or whatever. Mm-hmm. You can Google a deed and do that, but you know, it's just probably going to be a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. I, really, I really had an instance. And to be honest, I really called your firm when I was going through that transaction because I had a client that was purchasing cash and we were literally arguing about the importance of title insurance. So I was like, you know what? Let me call the attorney. And I'm going to tell, have them call you so they can explain better what's the importance of title insurance, even if you're purchasing cash. So can you kind of go over like why title insurance is really, really important, either even if you're purchasing cash or... Or new construction, mm-hmm. right? Right. Yeah, there's the cool. idea that, oh, the house just was built, so right. obviously right. there's nothing wrong. It's not the house that we're insuring. Right. It's the land, right? And land is not new. But what can happen is a lot of times, anytime divorce, probate, or any significant thing happening with somebody's property, you have one parcel and then now you're changing it into three parcels. Mm-hmm. It's very important that you get title insurance because you never know what could happen. And what I mean by that is if somebody died, right? River, you bought the property I'm from. Saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you allowed, girl. But you bought a property from an estate, right? Somebody who's passed away. And in that st- estate that was probated, they are supposed to reach out to any known heirs, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. They said that they reached out to all the known heirs. But later on, River, you don't purchase the property. Somebody comes knocking on your door. And you're like, hey, you know, this was my my father's house and I am supposed to get a, a portion of the proceeds or whatever. And you're like, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. You know, so you call me like, I got somebody knocking on the door. Well, this person was never notified, right? Mm-hmm. Because it was the son that nobody knew about, right? right? right. But he was actually an heir to the seller who sold you the property. You have an issue right now, right? Because you got somebody coming to your door saying that they actually have an interest in your property. Who is going to hire the attorney? Mm-hmm. Because they're they're really thinking that they have some money in this house. So mm-hmm. they're coming at you hard. And now you have to hire an attorney. Now you have to go to court and you got to litigate this house that you think is yours, right? You bought your owner's title policy. You paid $550 for it. You have it for the entire time that you own the property. You don't have to do a thing. Your title insurance is going to fight that for you, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. I somebody's real for a second. That's why <laughs> no, it's real. Yeah. No, that's yeah. Real. I'm giving you these examples. These are real live things that actually happen. Mm-hmm. Owner's title insurance also clears a lot. Of, a lot of times y'all don't even know we're clearing titles simply because 
the seller had an owner's title policy. Like I mentioned before, whenever you have a mortgage on the property, us as a closing attorney have to make sure that we collect to pay off the seller's mortgage. Well, what that mortgage company also has to do is they have to cancel that mortgage. And if they don't cancel it, then it looks like it's still open. This is one of the most common title issues that happen all the time. We'll have to call the prior attorney's office. If they can give us the owner's title policy, they can give us proof that it was paid, then we're able to move forward. If they don't have that, then sometimes we have to go to the bank and get a cancellation. That can take 60 days, 90 days. And so now your transaction that you thought you were getting ready to close is not going to happen because we have to now get this cancellation and people don't understand and people will get mad. Well, but it's like, it's crazy that we had a deal that we closed. Um, every time I see Crystal now, I'm like, please say title quick. <laughs> and it was an issue with probate. Like the house was recently, um, the grandmother passed away. She passed the house down, all of this stuff. And they're like, it's all these probate issues. And I tell people when we go tour houses and see houses, you don't see title. Right. Like, you're not looking at the stuff. And I'm like, the attorney's like the FBI agent. Baby. They don't find the stuff. <laughs> right. Right. You can't lie. You can't mislead. They're literally going to find everything. So I think that's a really good tip, which kind of like segues into what we want to talk about in terms of an attorney's tip to a buyer or a seller. Like, right. We have our tip with what you can do to sell your house and get you to that under contract point. But as mm-hmm. an attorney, like what's a tip for a buyer and then a tip for a seller that you would get? For a tip for a buyer is don't lie, right? So look in the camera and say buyer is don't lie, right? A lot of times people think that you go get your credit fixed and they get everything removed, right, mm-hmm. from your credit. So you get all these liens removed, all these unpaid credit cards, all this stuff, right? And then the lender will order title. And when we search the title, we we don't just search the seller's name. We also search the buyer's name. So let me tell you what creditors do. They'll go get a judgment and they'll file a lien in the real estate records. IRS does the same thing. It doesn't mean that you own property, mm-hmm. but they'll do it so that when you do own property, they'll attach it. Wow. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. And we search it, right? Because we want to let the lender, again, we represent the lender. So mm-hmm. our job is to let the lender know what's going on. If you are a good buyer, if you have any other financial obligations, because then that's factored into your what? Your net to debt ratio, right? And so they'll get all that stuff removed. And then we'll get the title and it's like, hey, you know, and so then they'll and so then we have to, of course, present it to the lender. And so it might be an IRS state lien or it might be these credit cards. And so then the lender has to decide, like, hey, do you have to pay this off? Can you get on a payment plan? And again, mm-hmm. all of that factors in to your net to debt. So you can now be unqualified for a home, you know, because you weren't expecting this because you went and got everything removed. But the truth is nothing is ever really removed. There are ways to get it and Mm. find it. And we do it. And we're not trying to prevent somebody buying a home, but we have to make sure that the lender um, is aware. It won't affect the lender's position. Mm -hmm. They'll always be in first priority. But what will happen is when the buyer goes to sell their property, the liens have to be paid mm-hmm. before they sell, right? Mm-hmm. So if you have a $60,000 tax lien, you buy a house, you bought it at appraised value, you try to sell it in a year, you got to pay commission, you got to pay all whatever fees, mm-hmm. and you got to pay this 
$60,000 IRS lead, how much money are you walking away with? Zero. That Zero. Yeah. Zero. And so for the buyers, just be honest, you know, like a closing attorney, your lender, we're here to help. We're not here to prevent you. So if there is a roadblock, let us know so that we can tell you like, okay, let's do it this way. Let's mm-hmm. go about it this way. For sellers, if you've had a divorce, if somebody has died or if you've had bankruptcy, let your real estate agent know. And people think that like, oh, it's not going to affect it. Guess what we review? We review the review the divorce records. We review probate records. We review bankruptcy records. And I had a client, a real estate agent client who um, she was the listing agent. She listed the property. Her clients never told her that she they were going through a divorce. Working on that deal. Okay. Yeah. They never told her that. <laughs> that were going through, <laughs> never told her they were going through a divorce. And anytime in Georgia, when you're going through a divorce, if you file the paperwork, you now have to get permission from the court to sell your house. It doesn't yeah. even matter if y'all agree, like, okay. You gonna get fifty. I'm gonna get fifty. Right. It doesn't matter. You have to get approval from the court. So now you're involving the court, and now you thought that you didn't have to tell your real estate agent, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Title comes back. We're like, hey, there's a divorce. It's not finalized. Like we have to take this a step further. And then it's like, oh, well, they didn't tell me that they were getting a divorce. So then it becomes possibly an awkward situation. Yeah, because yeah. people don't want to tell people their business. People think divorce and all these things are bad things. It's a part of life. It happens, you know, but the best part is transparency for the sellers. And, you know, if you can't trust your real estate agent to tell them some of the things that's going on in your life, then you might have to decide to find somebody else that you can trust um, to tell them. Because it's going to come out. Like, it's going to come out. I was going to ask you guys, because I feel like we deal with, like, all the crazy client stories. What kind of, like, stuff do y'all feel like buyers or sellers to typically keep from it because I know for me I had a client who just kept the child support things to itself okay. and <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of people got child, child support, support. <laughs> it's not, it's not even thing. a thing but yeah. when we finally found out it messed up his debt to income ratio so much he's like I take care of my kid you have to be able to disclose this stuff and i know sometimes it's embarrassing but like like tiffany said like what's going to be embarrassing is okay. you done moved on with your life you want to contract for another property and all this and you can't even sell this one because you got all these issues going on yeah you know that's the part that's embarrassing not the stuff that happens i mean people get divorced People go bankrupt. It's not a It just happens. But I think, you know, we're in a time now where everybody wants things to look perfect Mm -hmm. and all of that Social media. So, you know, it's like, let me keep my image together. It's like, no, just be honest. That's really keeping your image together. And you know what's so crazy? So I was a co-listing agent on that deal that you were just talking about. And like you said, the, the seller did not tell us that she was getting a divorce. And when we found out, she was on the phone. She's like, wait, how did y'all know that? She could not believe like we found this out. And then she ended up having to like split the proceeds with the sale from the sale with her soon to be ex-husband. She didn't want to split the proceeds. She, she didn't know that sale? she I don't think she knew that she had to do that. She <gasps> was thinking that she was gonna keep all the money because she's the one who purchased the home, but she had to oh, end up splitting it with that. At that point, you know, they could have already started to get the order by the judge sign mm-hmm. um, they could have already you know there's just so many different things you can do on the front end not even listed the house it's right. where it's done right that could have been right. a lot of yeah. time for a lot of money too because yeah. then you could have potentially lost a, 
a great buyer and you yeah. have to go through that process again. So yeah. Especially if you were like in that process with a market with shit. Okay. But like you was getting fifty thousand over. Now people asking for fifty thousand right. <laughs> like, I should have sold my house months ago. So that's like a really tricky time to be in. I feel like everything you're hitting is spot on and it's so funny that a lot of these things we have been involved right. with your law firm. So something I really, really want to talk about is just Beehaw's law firm in general, right? We all close with you guys. Yeah. I yes. close on my house. We both do. Yeah, I close on my house. We close on our house. Beehaw's law firm is my go-to. <laughs> yeah. I love the office. I love everything. You know, I'm a really big content person. Yeah. I love my money gun. <laughs> We have to close the <laughs> We just want to know a little bit more about just kind of like your thought process behind it. Like, I feel like you have such a unique just closing experience in general. Like, how did you come up with this concept? Like, just the whole thing in general. Well, it used to be unique. You know, there's a lot of people. <laughs> But really what it was, was like I told you my story. I started in this industry years ago and how the closing attorneys looked, they did not look like me. Um, right. it, white male dominated. Absolutely. And it was transaction based. It was mm-hmm. you come in the office, you sign the paperwork and you leave. Um, and that's it. For us, especially, you know, African Americans buying a home, sometimes the, you might be the first generation right. home buyer in your family. This is big. This yeah. is significant. And so for me, it went beyond just being a real estate transaction. It became, let's celebrate Mm -hmm. buying a home, you know? And for me, when I first got my, I got licensed and I opened up my office, I used to go to Keller Williams, um, Metro Atlanta brokers and walk in like, Hey, I'm a close to me business until I found out how it was really set up. Everybody has their preferred partners. Mm Everybody has their thing. And I was like, oh, this is awkward, you know? And so I said, I got to find another way mm-hmm. to, yeah. to get this business. I have kids and I can't do traditional networking. So then I went to social media where the real estate agent yeah. on social media. <laughs> <laughs> and y'all are on hashtags. And I said, okay, I'm going to do this. Like, this is where they are. I can get, I can have access to them. I want to make this this celebration thing look good, look fun, not just look good. Of course, you know, the paperwork has to be in order. The paperwork is crisp. Right. Right. It's it's paramount. It's it's my primary concern. But I also just wanted to bring that celebratory aspect to it because it's a big thing for us. It doesn't matter, you know, if you're buying a $100,000 home, your million-dollar home, your second home, third home. I know for me, people think I got rich off of, and I'm not rich. Probably 39. (laughs) Um, But generated my wealth from just doing the closing to know a lot of my wealth came from buying and selling Mm -hmm. property. I mean, the first property that we bought was a two bedroom, two bath, $90,000 townhome. Well, our mortgage was $650. (laughs) Right. So. We it was during the time it was 100 financing, so mm-hmm. we bought our house in a time where like you know we have no money, but it was fine. Um, that townhome now is paid off. That townhome now is probably worth let's say 160 thousand dollars. You know now we're going to pass it on to my oldest son. So when he graduates high school, he's going to walk into almost 200 thousand dollars. That's not something that I walked into, you know, when I graduated high school. So it's a big thing. Let's celebrate this big thing. You know, it's not for the gram. It's not for that. It's really 
buying a house is stressful. Right. <laughs> you know, buying a house, buyers, you know, you go from excited to depressed to maybe it's going to happen to it ain't going to happen. All of that. You go through all those emotions when you're buying a house. And so for me, it's like once you make it to my table, listen, you made it. Let's yeah. celebrate. Let's let's do that. So. I would say when I like being a real estate agent, I feel like the experience is different for me. I love to see my clients happy. But when I bought my house, but I was actually sitting at that table. I'm like, oh this my is God, it feels different. Unreal. And I definitely want to get you all's feedback. Because one of the first things I notice every time I walk in, and no shade, because what a minute, I'd be like, this is a woman. <laughs> like, and I love the fact that there are literally, it's a woman sitting at the front desk. It's mm-hmm. a woman that's clearing title. It's mm-hmm. a woman at the, every, it's a black owned brokerage, but it's ran all by women. And that's one of my favorite things. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm a woman. I'm yeah, I know. That's girl. Girl. It's so it's it to you, girl. And I love it. Yeah. But for you guys, cause I know we are close with them. What is like that thing about it that you guys are like? I feel like for me, you kind of notice the difference. I feel like different type of people work differently on, on different price points. Mm-hmm. You know, they give the million dollar a little bit more attention, a little bit more love than they give the 200,000. But I feel like when I'm at the Halls Law Firm, Every closing right. is the same. They still get that special treatment. They still get that special attention to detail, regardless of how much money that they're spending. Like you're buying a home and that's it. That's period. Okay. And I love that. I remember like I had that transaction that was, it was, I forgot how much it was, but it was about to terminate because of the title. <laughs> you remember that client? Like, oh, it was a wild ride. Like, <laughs> I, I was just calling her. I just appreciate how she was just there for me. And she was just emailing, like giving me tips because it was something new to me as a new agent. Like I didn't know how to really handle it. And she was just there for me in my corner making sure that that deal closed. And so that's big because yeah. think about this. This is the lead attorney. There's a, right. a bunch of that, yeah. But Tiffany Black, okay, let me tell you, and I'm like, this is really Tiffany Black. <laughs> <laughs> this is the thing. My staff, you know, they're part of the process, right? So it's not just your file that they're working on. They're working on multiple people files. Right. Me, I'm not in that process. So if you need something, you're going to get a quicker response from me mm-hmm. you know i'm going to be available so i don't mind like you got a question i'm gonna be able to answer i'm gonna be able to kick you some knowledge you know let you know what to do what not to do mm-hmm. how we're gonna you know make this transaction happen and you know that's the place that i love to be if i'm behind the closing table or i'm part of the process then it eliminates my ability to be able to be there for you guys as quick as you know i can mm-hmm. so and, that, yeah. and that's my favorite part and this is my favorite part communication because with the attorney it's like as agents we have to worry about we have to communicate with the buyer we have to communicate with the lender so i've been in situations where the attorneys just don't you, don't hear, back out. you yeah. don't hear from them mm-hmm. so me at the halls law firm i can know like I have everybody on speak. So, <laughs> I gotta shout out to that Shayla because <laughs> Shayla would be on all the emails. I don't care if it's 7 a.m. or 7 p.m. I don't yeah. care. She did Sunday with 7 a.m. She was on it. And I'm like, this is. She's yeah. She grew Paul's law firm with me. You know, yeah, she's she's definitely good. Yeah, we yeah, like well, yeah, okay. yeah. And in the same token, I wanted to really give you the opportunity to talk about some of that pressure of being one of, you know, the top black 
closing attorneys here mm-hmm. and keeping yeah. that standard as far as like, you know, your company. Yeah. Yeah. The pressure is real. Well, was real, right? The pressure of uh, being perfect, especially mm-hmm. in the real estate industry. And especially when you market your firm online, people are waiting for that moment mm-hmm. to say something. Mm-hmm. People think that sometimes uh, African-American closing attorneys, maybe we don't know what we're doing. Maybe mm-hmm. we don't understand the process. Maybe we don't do this. But when I'm parent title, a lot of the issues, the same issues that can happen to us, we're having to call those white dominated real estate attorneys. Hey, guys, y'all missed this. Mm-hmm. Can you send us a check so that we can get this cleared? Mm-hmm. You know, so it happens industry wide problems, issues, things that are missed. But for us, like we get a lot of pushback, a lot of I'm unhappy. Y'all missed this and all of this. And so that pressure for me was really tough, which led to me like really having a mental moment because I am a perfectionist. Like I know what I'm doing and I want to communicate to you guys. I know what I'm doing and I can do it right and whatever. And, but I had to learn, you know, I'm going to put my best foot forward. I'm going to give you the best that I have. If something goes wrong, I'm not going to go shoot. I'm going to fix the problem. I'm going to figure it out. We're going to do it together. Mm -hmm. And when I have the relationships with real estate agents, it went from me wanting to be everyone's favorite closing attorney to wanting to just build relationship with those people who wanted to do business with me, whether I got it right every time or whether I did it. And for the people who had the unrealistic expectation that everything is supposed to be perfect, y'all can go close with whoever that person is. (laughs) And then when it goes wrong there, you'll circle back around Mm -hmm. to me and you'll appreciate me even more because they're not answering their phone. They're not answering their text messages. You're not getting a response from them. You're not getting, hey, Tiffany, can you sponsor? Can you support? And I'm like, boom, of course, what you mean? You support me all the time. You're not getting that response from those people. So you come back and she'll be like, oh, I have to say that's one thing that I do love about the Haas Law Firm because most of my clients are like me, like they're young. Most of my clients are women, first time home buyers. So they have no idea what the experience is like and they kind of need that guidance and need the best quality of service to represent them. Mm -hmm. So that's always why you're my go to for Mm -hmm. sure. Yeah. And one thing I'm glad we were able to talk about just the idea of like, we're not perfect. We're entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. We have businesses, but we make mistakes. Mm -hmm. And that's just part of the game. Mm -hmm. But it's really important to have a partner who's not going to go through that mistake. It's like, okay, we made that mistake, but we're in the trenches together trying to figure it out. And I think that comes to balance. So I think we definitely want to talk about how you balance, you know, your personal and professional. I mean, like we said, you're a wife, you're a mom. <laughs> and, and like, I'll be, look, I'll be on her Instagram. I'm okay. talking about baseball game, basketball <laughs> game, whatever. Disney World. Disney World. I'm like, damn, I'm like, balancing, you know, your personal and professional life, especially with being in such a, you know, industry that, you know, it's time consuming. Yeah. yeah. It is. And I mean, the number one thing is support. I have an amazing support system. I have an amazing husband. I don't know why he's married to me. <laughs> I really don't. Um, I mean, look at you. My, yeah, but my attitude, my attitude, though, my attitude sucks. Um, it's horrible. Um, but, you know, beyond that, if I need something, he's going to be there. If I need any type of support, 
we have it. I have it. I couldn't do what I do without the support of my family. Um, my kids are so busy and ultimately I'm a sports mom and I love it. Like yeah. that is my first love. That's where I get all my aggression out. Like I'm getting kicked out of somebody's basketball. I'm cussing at somebody. Yes, I do cuss. I'm cussing at somebody, coach. I'm doing something, but I love it. And so if I'm not at work and I'm just consumed with my kids doing those type of things, like to me, it's fine because that's where my passion is. And so with that being said, there is no true balance. I just do the best that I can. Mm -hmm. So there's some days where I'm a great mom and there's some days where I might snap at my kids because I'm irritated because I had a bad day at work. Mm -hmm. There's some days that I'm a good wife and I don't know how y'all define that. (laughs) um, And then there's other days where my husband hates me and he's probably like ready to be at somebody's divorce, you know, attorney's (laughs) office. But I just try and do the best that I can and give everybody the best Tiffany that I can give. Now, prior to me going through like a little mental breakdown, I would only care about giving the best Tiffany to everybody else. Mm. And I wouldn't give the best Tiffany to myself. Now, I care so much about myself Myself. where if that means sacrificing a working relationship or something like that, I am quick to do it now because I'm like, y'all are not going to mess with my peace. You're not going to mess with my peace of mind. I can't give everybody everything and not have anything for myself. That self-care that everybody talks about, it seems like it's a buzzword. No, it's a real thing. And y'all ladies are still young. You know, you're in your prime. You know, you're building. And when you're in that building stage, that stress can look different. You Mm -hmm. know, you may not be where you want to be and you, you have all these goals and you're trying to obtain those and do all of those different things you know just the one thing that advice that i would give you ladies is yeah go hard right Mm -hmm. go hard you're young you have the time you have the opportunity you have everything that you need in front of you but also when you're going hard really take care of yourself and if that means taking one day if that means you know hiring somebody or just tapping into your support system like mom i need your help right now or or if you're in a relationship And if you don't have that support, then I would say surround yourself with people who are going to support you. I guess like y'all have done now. (laughs) We always say say like if we can't show up for ourselves, there's no way we can show up for our clients. Yeah. Yeah, And I'm glad you said that because I think our audience is mostly young entrepreneurs and young Mm -hmm. people just trying to find their way. And burnout is real. I think Mm -hmm. you give so much of yourself trying to meet these quotas that you put in place and that society put in place. And we don't take that time to really give enough of ourselves to ourselves. You know, mm-hmm. if you don't show up for yourself, nobody will. And I just went through something really traumatic in my village. Literally pulled up and was like, okay, where the house at? Half of them, you know, they're in real estate and the other half of my friends, they like, what's the closeness? What's what? a super? <laughs> but they figured it out because I needed them to be there. So I think having that support and just knowing like, we're not perfect, but we're yeah. doing the best that we can every day. Like, that's a nugget that I hope everybody watching really does take with them. Seriously. Yes. And giving that, extending that grace to other people. Great. Because when you need it, you know, you're, you're going to need it, you know. So not putting that, those unrealistic expectations on people, you know, in the industry or like even in your personal life, you know. Yes. Like, you know, if, it's, if we have a relationship, if you're in a relationship with somebody and you know, he make you mad one day. Are you ending that relationship because he made you mad one day? Or are you going to work towards? <laughs> the day. I, have, I have a very short <laughs> time. It might be a <laughs> It might be a wrap on that one. But no. 
I think, you know, I, I know we're all really, I think everything that you said today is just so relevant to everything that we have going on. Of course, the people that watch us. So we're really, really grateful for that. All the nuggets that you gave. I know I'm walking yeah, away thinking yeah. about what self-care things I can do mm-hmm. for myself. <laughs> um, but I do want to turn it over to our realtor, babe. Ashley Oh, what question? No, yeah. So we have this segment called the question of the day where we take questions from our audience via Instagram at Real Talk Atlanta, or you guys can shoot us questions at our email, realtalkatlpod at gmail.com. So for today's question, we thought this would be perfect to ask you. We wanted to know all of us are black entrepreneurs. So do you have any advice for someone who's starting their own business? and looking to get into, you know, their perspective industry. Do you really want to go into business? <laughs> Hello. <laughs> or are you seeing people in business or portraying what business looks like on social media and you think that it's going to be fun? Because it's not. The reality of any entrepreneur is if you want to be successful, because anybody can call themselves an entrepreneur, you can have a product and say, Hey, I'm selling this product, but you never market it. You never really sell it. Right. You can go online and create an LLC and say, I have 10 businesses, but are you really working those businesses? Are you going to be successful? Mm-hmm. If you want to be a successful entrepreneur, it takes a lot of work, mm-hmm. a lot of focus, consistency. When things are not going the way that you want them to go, you have to keep moving forward. It goes from being able to clock in at nine o'clock, leaving at five o'clock to clocking in at 5 a.m. Mm-hmm. and not finishing till 12 a.m. Mm-hmm. the next day. It's a, a lot of work. So people are like, oh, I enjoy the flexibility. There's no flexibility. It's a lot. If you want to be successful, so you have entrepreneurship and then you have a successful entrepreneur, right? And so if you want to be successful, then it's going to take a lot of sacrifice. You know, when you want to go hang out or when you want to do things, sometimes you're not going to be able to do those things for now, right? Like right now, like I said, y'all are young. This is the time to build. This is the time to build so that when you do get older, you'll have that money, you'll you'll have things in place and you won't have to work as hard, you know, in your business because you would hire people. Mm -hmm. You'll have, you know, put things in place, processes, systems, and all of those type of things. So if you really want to be a successful entrepreneur, just know that it it involves a ton of sacrifice. And you know what I do wish? I wish (laughs) that all employees, when you work in corporate America, like have to take a course on being an entrepreneur for one day because I think they would be better employees if they really well, knew, if they what, knew, it knew. <laughs> what it took to be an entrepreneur. The one thing that I took for granted working in corporate was like the things that they give you. As an entrepreneur, let's be very clear. You don't get sick day. Okay. okay. You don't get paid. Okay. You don't get bereavement. You don't get maternity. You don't get bosses. Like those things do not exist in entrepreneurship. And I was just thinking, like, I would sure love some paid vacation, but like, where am I gonna get that from? Stay at your desk, collect your check every two weeks. Okay. If you're not if ready, you're not ready to come to work. Yeah, sounds great. What about you, guys? I agree. I feel like when I knew that this entrepreneurship life was like like that when I was in Jamaica, 
and I am sitting by the pool, right offers, terminate another offer, right another right. offer. Like, I was just like, whoa, I am deep in here. I can't even enjoy this. I am deep in here in my class. Like, I'm so sorry for calling. I'm like, it's okay. But I was like, well, yeah. it's entrepreneurship life. It's just, yeah, it's, it's different. different. It's different. It's different. I love it, though. That's why I don't travel as much as I want to, because I'm like, who's going to handle stuff when I... I'm still going like, to travel. Like, call me. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to get on that cruise. And my friend tried to send that cruise to send me to that Wi-Fi package that they're offering is not going to get me. Right. I'm going on a cruise and I have paid for that. We'll help you to do that. Yeah. Use your village sense because that Wi-Fi is not going to be your friend. Uh-oh. But no, we are really excited. I think we had really, really just great time. Yeah. Just hearing yeah. your brain. Cool. Yeah, As a successful, what's the, a successful entrepreneur woman in business. So we are really, really grateful. And we are always going to continue to put the Hall's Law Firm on our contracts. Our yeah. contracts. do are very, very different. So we're really, really excited. We have a little something and let's get you your flowers. Yes. Why are you here? I want to wait. So pass these over. I want to give you your flowers. We definitely appreciate you for being here, taking time out of your busy schedule. We appreciate you. so Well, I appreciate you. I mean, as much as y'all appreciate me and y'all are giving my flowers and how much I appreciate it, y'all are the life to my business. Without your partnership, without your continued support, Paul's law firm doesn't exist. And so when I saw this and y'all sent me the email, I was like, yeah, I'm like, can I say how Gucci is not going to do that for y'all? You're not going to flop your business. Those other attorneys, just saying. Girl, okay. What's the Paul's law firm? Do you want to let them know where they can follow you? Yes. So you can definitely follow me on Instagram, Paul's lawyer underscore real estate. You can um, go to my website, www.thehogslawfirm.com. You know, I'm out here, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a little known. <laughs> you won't have a hard time finding me. Right? Even in that, even saying that, I'm still known and available. I'm mm-hmm. still here and available to support and help you guys and anybody else who, you know, interested in supporting my business. Yeah, so we'll definitely get you guys all the links to get to her, yeah. get to everybody at the Halls Law Firm website, Instagram, all of that. And yeah, you guys tune in on the next episode. We thank you guys for watching as usual. And of course, thank you for being here. Thank you. Thank you so much. Today's topic might be at its end, but the conversation never stops. If you like what you heard, make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. For more daily content from the ladies of Real Talk Atlanta, head over to any of our social media platforms to connect with us, and let's talk. As we put the real in real estate.